just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I have a question for you. Do you have any bad habits? Uh, throughout my life, I'd have had several bad habits. I'm not going to tell you any of them because nobody likes to discuss them. <laughs> but can we can we break them? Can we kill them off? Get rid of them? And that's a big topic, uh, you know, at the turn of the new year coming up. We all have our you know, resolutions. I don't, but I, yeah, but we should, I guess, especially if you've got something that's really being destructive, something that is just dogging you. And you're like, man, you, you, there, there comes a point where it gets bad enough that sometimes you do something. But I did that with my weight many years ago. I was finally to the point where I am. I, I, I am tired of being out of breath when I tie my shoes. And, and it took a while. Uh, how did I do it? Eh, maybe we may get into that. But my guest today, Carl Clausen, we actually talked back in uh, July, I believe it was, of this year, about some of this. But there's so much more, and it's so timely, uh, that I wanted to have a conversation again. So... Glad to have Carl back. This is the book, The Seven Resolutions, going into second printing because it's been helping a lot of people. And my guest, like I said, is Carl Clausen. He is the host of Carl and Crew Mornings on Moody Radio. And uh, just a, a fun guy, but someone who's got a lot of uh, knowledge, a biblical basis that actually helps people. So, Carl, welcome to Life Today Live. It's good to be here, Randy. I like the way you roll. You are laid back. <laughs> yep. You're not just going crazy. You're kind of my counterbalance in life. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> am, I, am I the yin or the yang? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what the yin or the yang is. Isn't that that funky sign? Is that sign? Yeah, yeah right, right, right. whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> it just means balance. Um, what, uh, what bad habits do you have, Carl? Uh, tell us all. Oh, <laughs> You know, I used to think my rocking was a habit. As a matter of fact, I'm not doing it right now because I got my chair locked in, but this is a funny one. So if I unlock my high dollar chair, this thing can rock. This, Randy, I have done, according to my mom, since I was born. Um, no joking. They went into the crib one day. And that's why I've got to lock my chair or else I'll sit here and I'll rock and I'll make people seasick. Yeah, yeah not good know? TV. Right. Um, so when I was a little guy, I went. The mom went into the crib. And she had heard this noise where um, something's banging against the wall. She's like, what's going on? And here I am. I can't even walk yet, but I'm up on all fours, back hunched in the air. And I'm focused on something. And I'm rocking back and forth. And I got that crib oh, marching fours. across the back. room and banging up against the wall. <laughs> and uh, so I used to think rocking was a bad habit. Now I've seen it as therapy. And it's good for me. So I have a rocker in my home. It's my chair. Anyone gets in that sucker, it's like, hey, come on. That's my chair. I have guests over. It's like I show them all the chairs that they can sit in and the one that they can't. But so, yeah, so that's a funny one to talk about. But I've had other bad habits. Um, I was addicted to cocaine in the or, early 80s. Really? Yeah, I was addicted to cocaine. Um, uh, my story is I was raised in a Christian home. I walked aisles as a kid, um, was not truly born again. And uh, this is why I have a big passion in the church, uh, even the church that we have here in Chicagoland um, and the radio show in the morning in Chicago. I am 
under deep conviction that the church in America, mainly because there's been no no cost attached to discipleship like there is in Afghanistan or Iran or Iraq or China, that we've we've created an illusion of transformation. You know, we've had people put a hand in the air or walk an aisle, but they never fully surrendered to Jesus. And so my story was I'm raised in the church. I'm a youth group guy. I'm going to Josh McDowell. We're chartering planes to get to Josh McDowell from Alaska. That's where I was raised. And found myself um, empty inside. And it's a weird feeling to be supposedly Christian and have such hollowness. That's a weird feeling. And I, uh, I don't know if I shared this with you last time, but when I was 16, I heard the finish of the Iditarod Trail sled dog race. It's an 1100 mile dog sled race across Alaska. And I said, I've got to do that. And so I trained for two years for that race, competed in it in 1979, and uh, took me 21 days, eight hours, 12 minutes, and 32 seconds. How about them apples? That's no showers insane. for 21 days. And um, I made it to Nome. But what was amazing was the void in my soul. Within two hours of that race being done, the Pascal reference to the void, the God-shaped void in our heart, the Iditarod completing that couldn't fill that. So I went out on this quest looking for something to fill it. And I think habits are in some way, some habits are great, sure. but bad habits are in some way man's cry to fill the God-shaped boy. Some of them are huge. Some of them are small. Even when we're born again, we can let things that are somewhat destructive, even if they're small, steal portions of our heart trying to get things filled up. And God wants to change that. But my habit... Uh, so I, I got uh, working in the oil fields north of the Arctic Circle, making boatloads of money as a young man. And I cocaine was heavy in the early 80s, um, and it's heavy now. But it was heavy then in Alaska. Everybody that didn't know Christ personally had a gram in their pocket, a few hundred dollars in the other. And I got hooked on that stuff. Crown Royal, any kind of drinking I did was to counteract the effects of cocaine, but that came to a crashing halt. So February 11th of 1984, Jesus set me free and he set me so free, Randy. It's like the old was gone. The new has come. I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lived, but Christ who lived in me and the life Carl lived in the flesh. He lived by faith in the son of God. And I learned what it was to be a genuine disciple of Jesus. Now, that was a big habit broken. I think, Randy, habits are broken in the believer, genuine believer, not the illusion of intimacy believer, but the genuine disciple who's been experienced the power of God unto salvation. I believe habits are broken post-conversion just like they're broken at conversion, utter dependence on God. And here's the problem. And this is why I even wrote the seven resolutions. We try to self-help what only God's power can do. And I don't care what kind of habit it is. I don't care what it is. I have, I have found one solution for breaking habits, and it is the power of Christ. Titus 2, 11 through 14. Paul says to Titus, the grace of God, I'm doing this from my heart here, saved us 
and trains us. And then he goes on to explain what this training is for. It's to reject all this idolatry and substitute gods that want to creep into even a regenerate soul. But we've we've thought of God's grace for saving, but we've not thought of God's grace for training. Mm. We have bootstrapped the average Christian. It's systemic, is trying to, in our own willpower, our own strength, get our habits broken. And Randy, here's the truth. It ain't going to happen. You might you might play habit whack-a-mole. You'll yeah. get this habit broken, but another one will pop its head up. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Obviously, we'll explore some of that some more. But I, I, I struggle with... I mean, okay, so you, you say you were going to the Josh McDowell stuff. Right, I was too as a kid. Great, great stuff. You yep. walk the aisle. You, yep. I'm assuming you said a prayer, didn't you? you did. I mean, you meant it, I would I would think. Yeah, all I'm he, telling he, you right now is I, I think I was repeating words. I think I had, I was scared to death of hell first. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know that I understood what salvation was i had a portion of the gospel in my head but i didn't i i think i saw it as a prayer rather than a surrender of my life to jesus so i mean none of us a lot of people don't understand what salvation is when they come to christ and really the bar is pretty low if you you know believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that jesus is lord you'll be saved i do and I, I don't know. As, as you know, raised in my church, I walked the aisle dozens of times. I prayed the the salvation prayer over and over and over to the point where right. it was finally like God was like, "Look, you that's done. That that was the yeah. easy part, you know, in a yeah. sense, because He already paid the price. All the work had been done on the cross. Uh, I didn't need to do anything else. But now it's what you're talking about. It's like go from the milk to the meat. You know, yeah. work out your salvation. In other words, almost like you would work out to to be stronger physically get stronger in your salvation what we call discipleship you know study to show yourself approved and and that gets into uh a a different level and so i i i've wondered at times okay why did that preacher fall and i've had this discussion with some of my friends and they're like well clearly they never knew jesus and it's like i I don't know that you can say that i don't want to be on that throne anyway the judgment throne but i i it's it's like is it just people who experience salvation, but like the sower and the you know because what was the ground? There's the ground that receives the word gladly, but then the cares of the world choke it out. Yeah, the cares of this world, desire for uh, wealth and the uh, distraction of other things, three things in there choke it out, yeah. making it unfruitful. So the answer is yes. <laughs> we know that there are derailed disciples, right? Yeah. But we also know that there's an illusion of salvation because in Matthew 7, Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, many, Randy, Lord, Lord. And these are not the guys bellied up to the bar at happy hour. He said, this is what they're going to say. We preached in your name. We cast out demons in your name and we did mighty works in your name. Yeah, that's a tough one. Hard to get around that scripture. (laughs) That's an eye popper there. Mm -hmm. But what that's telling us is, and I think we have this in the church today. And by the way, I hadn't planned on doing this, but when people do go to sevenresolutions.com, because even on my radio show, people freak out about this. I wrote a blog called Nine Ways to Know You Stand with God and That He Stands with You. Mm -hmm. And all it is is scripture. And it's a blog. 
You can find it at sevenresolutions.com. But that has been the most hope giving thing to people or convicting thing leading people to salvation. Because I think we sometimes talk about salvation. I like to let the word do the talking. Mm. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? So let's let the word define what a saved person looks like and does and acts like. Yeah. And so I wrote that. And I think it's titled Nine Ways to Know You Stand with God and He Stands with You. Yeah, it is that. And uh, it's super comforting or convicting. Mm. And so the answer is yes. We have derailed disciples all over the place that are trying to bootstrap their, their salvation. They have salvation, but they're trying to get sanctified or grow up in Jesus in their own strength. And then we've got many people according to Jesus. And if there's many I'd, I'd say a lot of those are in America because without persecution, it kind of lowers the bar. Yeah. As it yeah. Oh, do you think that, I mean, in, in some ways, surrender sounds too easy. Uh, like, no, I need to do more, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and yet you, you know, less of me, more of you, Lord kind of thing. Uh, and, yeah. and the surrender is not just an emptying of self. It is an emptying of self, but it is, the rest of that, which is more of you, it's it's a filling of the Holy Spirit. And how do we get that? Well, prayer, scripture reading. But it, it as long as we're holding on to things like bad habits, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it, it that stops the emptying of self. I mean, I don't know. I, I, the older I get, the more I go. You know, I, I need to quit trying to do and just surrender and let God do. Does that does that work for you theologically at all? I think I just lost you. Nope, here for you're a here. Second. You're back. Um, you're frozen for a second. I thought you were just thinking about it. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, you were frozen. I thought we had a think off going so, there for a second. <laughs> yeah. so, so, well, to recap the question, uh, yeah. theologically, does it make sense that it's it's less about what I? I mean, there is action. I don't want to downplay that, but the surrender, it, the surrender to me just seems to be the key. It is the key. You know, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we realize spiritual bankruptcy, we're positioned for kingdom. Mm -hmm. uh, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up, First Peter 5. So we find scripture is replete with evidence that when we are at our absolute bottom, God is at his best. I tell people all the time, they come up to me after a service or when I'm speaking somewhere, and they say, oh, pastor, I'm... I'm a mess. I'm, I've never been in a worse place. I tell him, no, you may be in the best place you've yeah. ever. Yeah. You and I really believe that. You, you talk to any therapist and they will tell you that, uh, you know, you, you can't really force someone to, you can force them to go to therapy, but you can't force them to really experience the therapy yeah. until they hit rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just some of the human nature is why God lets things happen to us sometimes because he knows yeah. that yeah. if we hit that point, maybe we're more prone to reach out. So for that, yeah, point, yeah, go ahead. yeah. A, a note on that. Um, God lovingly allows us to go through difficult things. This is why we're to consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials mm -hmm. of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith will develop perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. <laughs> now, that's powerful. That's verse <laughs> 2 through 4 of James 1. What's amazing is, though, 
it indicates that God is just what you said, providentially allowing stuff to happen that's going to make us stronger than we ever could be without it. Bottom line. Now, do is there a requirement on our part at that point to to let him do the work? Because I think you resist. You just get bitter at, at the world. You get angry at God for not doing what you think he's going to do. Or in some circles more than others, you feel like you just need to rebuke the devil more. Or, you know, it's like yeah. we've got all these ways around it uh, of, yeah. of humbling ourselves completely and, and really surrendering. Trials are like hurdles. And God is so gracious that if we try to do an end around, get out of our lane and skirt the hurdle, God in his providence will grab that hurdle and he'll whoop, pop it right <laughs> in front of us again. I think that's what some bad habits are. I, I think yep. you wonder why do, why, do, why do we lapse into them? Why does God allow leaders to have them that eventually expose them? Uh, and, mm. and even if it's it, – it, it can run the gamut. I mean, yours – you know, cocaine and alcohol, that's, that's obviously a combination that'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah. But some of it's just, you know, you see a lot of fat preachers and you automatically go, okay, he's lacking self-control in some area. That's obvious. Okay. Uh, You just set it up. You just set it up. You just set it up right there. Okay. So I can prove to you that habit breaking is a spiritual issue, not a you effort issue. Self-will has to die. Bootstrapping has to die for our habits to break. And I'll prove it to you. He said, if you abide in the vine, Jesus speaking to his disciples, and the vine abides in you, you will bear much fruit. And then we look at Galatians 5, and we find the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and Self-control. Mm-hmm. What? Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, meaning you can't do self-control. It's the fruit mm-hmm. of an abiding relationship with Jesus. Bottom line, cool stuff. The richest people of faith that I know never say, God saved me, and now by golly, I am going to get out there, and I'm going to show the world that he saved me yeah you're gonna do a face plan <laughs> no no habits are ever broken by us saying i should i ought to i will by any means possible make this happen no what's amazing is the way we're born again is the way we grow again utter dependence on god i i think surrender needs to happen every moment of our life yeah i i think you're right um I, I, there's just no way around it because uh, it it just doesn't work. Okay, this is the book, Seven Resolutions. I'm guessing surrender is one of the seven resolutions or is it part of all the seven re- resolutions? Uh, it's it's in the totality of it. The, the first resolution is join God. And in joining God, I put in a couple reoccurring attributes that we find over and over through Scripture. One is humility. By the way, Andrew Murray says it this way about humility, and I love it. He says, Humility is the one virtue that gives birth to every other virtue. That is powerful. It's true. So humility is paramount. And uh, then the abiding principle is paramount. But I also put in that first resolution, this principle found in Titus 2, 11 through 14, that the grace, the power of God both saves us and trains us. And here's the problem. This is why the byline is the most important thing about the book. 
where self-help ends and God's power begins. Because we have tried too long in our own strength to do what only God can do, Randy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at... uh... I'm looking at Andrew Murray on my Audible because I'm about to finish a book and was looking for a next one, and I try to mix it up, so I try to get some Get his book, Humility. Get his book, Humility. Humility, updated get. edition. Okay. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Abide in Christ is free with my Audible, so that's— Abide in Christ is his—I think uh, I think Humility is his best book. I've read all of his. Hey. I think Abide in Christ is a close second. Okay. All right. So added— Added to my audible some Andrew Murray. Pardon me while I get distracted here. All right, it walk us through a few more of the resolutions just to give people a taste because we got yeah. you know a good five minutes here, and I don't want to. I mean, obviously, if someone's trying to work through these things, they really want to make the good resolutions. They need to go pick up the book. Maybe start at the website because you've got a good assessment there. But I want to give them I a little a bit. Free, of I've got a free assessment. We spent a ton of. All right, should I say this? Yeah, we spent a good chunk of money and a bunch of time creating this assessment as a tool that helps people in a matter of 10 minutes taking an assessment, they get a report back immediately going where they kind of stand on these seven resolutions, these agreements with God. And these are agreements with God to run in his power. So yeah, it's a cool tool and you'll give the website in a moment, but let me give you the resolutions. Join God, critical. It all begins there. Thinking truth, vital. What rolls around in our head in the morning will be lived out in our life by high noon. It's just going to happen. And so understanding who we are in Christ, how much he loves us, how we are designed to live, that's critical. The third resolution is kill sin. The guys that did the review on the book, two of them in particular, Robert Lewis and Erwin Lutzer, both commented on that chapter and said, man, we don't talk enough about killing sin. And so it's in that chapter that I unpack expose it, attack it, and overwhelm it. Three principles there of how to deal with sin. And I would call sin really any habit. You might say, well, is, uh, are all habits sin? It's Sin is a term that means missing the mark. So if you feel like you've got a habit that is causing you to miss the mark, call it what it is. I'm missing the mark in this area of my life. Mm-hmm. Just if you don't want to call it sin, call it missing the mark. And I, I want this thing I want to get it snuffed out. And so we tackle that and kill sin. Choose friends. You've either got friends that are elevator up friends or elevator down friends, bottom line. Hmm. Focus effort. You've got to understand that when you were in your mama's womb, God had a plan for you that was amazing. And God has given you gifts. When Jesus ascended, he took captives captive and gave gifts to men. That's huge. Uh, focusing effort, taking risk. Oh my goodness. The life of faith in Christ is one risk after another, knowing that God's got us and we can't walk on water until we get a toe out onto the seas. That's the bottom line. He says, come my way. And uh, redeeming time is the last of the resolutions. And that one is uh, a big one. A lot of self-help books have written on redeeming time. But Moses wrote on time redemption before Ogmandino did, believe it or not, because he's older than Ogmandino. I just, a point of reference, Moses is older than Ogmandino. Yeah, yeah, he's way older. He came a long time ago. <laughs> so 
he um he said when he was writing the 90th we see his one song the 90th psalm he says teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom yeah so time redemption is inspired by god yeah i I told everybody i wasn't going to tell you my bad habits but what i'm struggling with right now is exactly that right there and it it's we're in a season of our life where my youngest of four got married last year so all four of my kids are out of the house we're kind of enjoying this next phase of our life that we just started but oftentimes i find myself going home from work and not getting things done that i should get done (laughs) it's real easy and yeah so that that is important and then you know what satan does he just beats the smithereens at yeah i do know yeah, I lay in lay in bed that night feeling guilty about all the things I didn't right. do. And that doesn't right. accomplish anything either. No. No. So I give practical tools in this book to help people understand how to agree with God on these big buckets. And I'll tell you what, it's bearing fruit. We're going into second printing for this book because yeah. it's actually gaining traction. This is the website, sevenresolutions.com, the number seven, followed by the word resolutions.com for you listening people. Uh, and if you go there, you'll see up at the top, uh, towards the right, this assessment. Uh, you can click on that, and it'll take you right to it. You can start it. So uh, check that out. You know, I, I, I'm i not a big self-help book kind of guy. I see value in them, and there's wisdom in a lot of them. So it's, it's not like I'm down on them. But uh, the reality is sometimes we need some motivation, some direction, yes. and things like this are very helpful. Um it's it's funny you you kind of got a self-help book that tells you self-help doesn't work yes that's what's (laughs) funny that's exactly right it's a it's a self-help book done god's way you know that look we have a certain level of responsibility for sure Mm -hmm. but i love to have this equation dependence on god plus diligence in the spirit of god equals taking hold of god's promises the problem is is that we think god saves us now I better get busy hmm. and it never works. Yeah. And, and there is, again, there's balance. There. There's a little yin yang going on. If I can use that illustration, yeah. because you know, we got the parable of the, the servants, what they were given, did they increase it? So there is uh, uh, an element of on us. I think the works obviously come after the salvation uh, because otherwise you're working in vain. Um, right. But yeah. And you know, James, you know, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That that puts it on us to initiate because God doesn't force yes. his will on us. Yes. Um, but, you know, outside of that, there are some things you can do, but it, it they're limited. And if the least we can say is, is they're limited. You're never going to get there fully on your own. Yeah, you won't. And, and I, I, if we understand good theology, it is God who works in us to will. And when we think that we've got to work in us, we're off on the wrong foot. Which um, is which is why the surrender again is so important. Yes. Because you allow him to work in you. Because one thing yes. he won't do is eh, I mean, I could get into that one, but I find typically that if we say no to God, he says, uh, okay. Yeah, that's right. He loves us enough to say okay. Come back to me in a week. Tell me how you're doing. <laughs> right. As we hit rock bottom <laughs> at yeah, some point. Absolutely. And you know what? It's just no fun. It's better if you just surrender now and on a daily basis because then you get the fruit and the fruit's all good. And the fruit of the it's not surrender, all, it's all yeah. bad. 
<laughs> yes. It's for your own good. It's yes. we're such children yes. sometimes, you know. So yeah. It's amazing how we go sometimes. Oh my goodness. Uh, and yeah. Carl, this is this is good. Is there anything I'm forgetting before I let you go? This is helpful. No, man, I just want people to take that pre-assessment. I am doing coaching in the new year. And so this assessment, we'll have your email and we'll send, we won't spam you, but we will send you updates about when the uh, webinars are going to be launching for coaching and how you can be involved in that. But just take the assessment. It's a fun tool. I'm sure I'd love for you to get the book uh, because as you're thinking about the new year and breaking habits, this is, I think will be one of the best tools you've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's, what I do find, and we know this, uh, marketing people, secular marketing people will tell you this, is what they call brand recognition. The more something is in front of you, the more you think about it and the more likely you are to act, which is yeah. as much as I hate it, I respond to what pops up, a lot of what pops up in my email. Um, yeah. So, you know, just signing up, getting reminders or having a book, having it there so you see it, you're you're going to pay more attention to it. If, if I don't, totally. you know, out of sight, out of mind is... Very That's true. why I pack my Bible with me wherever I go. The, pack it all the, time. the physical one? Yep. Yeah. The one that you can smell and sniff. It's right, it's right here. I keep it with me all the time. Uh, uh, does it smell like leather? <laughs> yeah, because it's. I got a brand new one now because my old one was buggered up. But yeah, you got to have. I, I don't mind the online Bibles, but I like the old school. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. And yeah. All right. Well, a, a topic for another show. Uh, I know the show. online Bibles, but you know, you're right. There is something about the tactile uh, yeah. and the reminder that it provides. So, all right, Carl, thanks again. Hope you, Thank uh, you, you guys all up there have a, a great uh, windy Christmas. Uh, yeah, we will have a, have a merry windy Christmas here in Chicago. But it's, uh, it's rainy. In, Thanks it's, for having me back. It's in, it's really in the 70s it. here in Texas today. <laughs> oh, get behind me, Randy. <laughs> I think he just referenced Satan. We're going to let it go on that note. Uh, you guys hit share, hit like, subscribe, hit follow if you haven't done that. Uh, and uh, and do check out sevenresolutions.com. Set yourself on that path possible. a little early. Get started today. To uh, and uh, you you, you can get through anything with God's power on your own. Come, Not so come, much. We'll see you again next time. To 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 Nobody can prevent you from doing the will of God.